Good morning, everyone. Give an honor unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. I want to give thanks this morning to Pastor Hamilton for giving me this opportunity to come and speak before you on this great Women's Day celebration. For God is good all the time, and all the time, He is good. Amen. Our scripture for this morning comes to us from Titus chapter 2, and I'll be reading verses 3 through 5. And the word of the Lord says, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemy. The theme, people of God, for this great Women's Day celebration is becoming a Titus woman. Becoming a Titus woman. Before I outline what is absolutely required in order to become a Titus woman, one must first understand what a Titus woman is. I mean, before you can become anything, you must know a little something about that which you are seeking to become. You don't just walk around and say one day I want to be something without having the particulars of what is required in order to be what you're trying to be. Oh yes, before a young woman or a young man decide that he or she wants to be a basketball player, they must first learn a little something about the game of basketball. Therefore, before you decide that you want to be a Titus woman, you must know a little something about her. Amen? The scripture for this morning is Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. However, in order to fully understand the message that God has given us in this particular text, we must start at verse 1. It says here that we serve God in decency and in order. You see, God, he expects us, his children, to do the same. Let's look here in verse 1. Verse 1 says, But speak thou the things that become sound doctrine. This verse starts off with the word, but which is to say that which is in contrast to what the previous verse said. If you look back at a few verses of Titus in chapter 1, you will see that Paul, he is given a stern warning about false teachers. You see, false teachers teach false doctrine. Let's look at verse 
10 through 11, and then we'll drop down and look at verse 15 and 16. Let's start here at verse 10 and verse 11. The text says here, For there are many unruly and vain teachers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Verse 11, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One other words, Paul is saying that these people must be silenced because they are turning whole families from the truth by their false teaching and they're doing it all for money. Sounds a little bit like what's going on in today's society, amen? Let's drop down to verse 15 and 16. It says here, unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work, reprobate. You see, all of this was going on during Paul's time in the churches on the island of Crete. So Paul is trying to teach young Titus, who will be taking over the responsibility of supervising the churches when he leaves. Paul is trying to prepare him to educate and build up Titus's faith so that he can properly lead the people and maintain Christian doctrine and fellowship. So Paul is telling him here in this text that there are some false teachers out there that are up to no good. They teach false doctrine in order to lead God's people astray. This is what Paul outlines here in chapter 1. But then when we drop down here, we see in chapter 2 and verse 1, he tells us what a true, what a true believer, follower of Jesus Christ should do. We should listen. We should speak and promote a lifestyle that becomes sound doctrine. You see, your speech is a result of your thinking. Your thinking is a result of your knowledge. Your knowledge is a result of your belief. Your belief is the result of your source. And I'm here to tell you right now, there are only two sources of anything in this world. That is God's way or Satan's way. You see, in the book of Genesis, God spoke to Adam and Eve, and he told them not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, else they would die. Then Satan spoke to them, and he gave them knowledge. And he told them that they would not die, but they would be as gods. You see, they chose to listen to Satan, and we all know what happened after that. They got kicked out of the garden. They listened to a false teacher who taught them false doctrine. You see, Satan, he gave them knowledge, but he did not give them truth. 
So I want to line out here for you right now. What is required to be a Titus woman? How do you become a Titus woman? Who is? Give me, I'm going to give you some things about a Titus woman. The very first thing I want to tell you about a Titus woman is that her source is God. She stands on the foundation of sound doctrine. She is grounded in the truth of scripture. She knows that on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. She knows where and whom her help comes from. She knows the difference between her source and her resources. Let me ask you a question. You ever been in a park or perhaps downtown and you saw other people sitting there eating and while they were eating there were pigeons walking around just waiting for someone to drop a piece of food for them to eat. Now as long as someone is feeding them the pigeons will stay right there. However, if someone were to get up and leave, have you ever noticed that the pigeons, they don't follow anyone home? When you leave, the pigeons, they simply walk around to someone else to feed them. You see, the pigeons know that you are just a resource. You are not their source. A Titus woman does not lose her mind if her resources leaves her because a Titus woman knows that her source is God and she knows that God will bring her another resource. Amen? Some people are so attached to things that when the thing leaves, they want to leave with it. Some people think that if it sounds good, if it feels good, if it smells good, then it must be good. Oh no. But you see, a Titus woman, she does not evaluate things or her situation based upon whether it is good or not. She determines first if it is God, because she knows that if it is God, then it is absolutely good. Amen. Now, why is it so important, people of God, for us to know our source? Why? Because it sets the stage for everything else that God will do in your life. Psalm 24 and 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and all they that dwell therein belong to him. Isaiah 42 and 8 says, I am the Lord. This is my name and my glory I shall not give to another, neither my praise to a graven image. Isaiah 45 and 5 says, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. And Matthew Chapter 16, verse 13 through 16, Jesus asked the disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Only Peter responded and said, Thou art the Christ, 
the son of the living God. You see, people of God, you can have two people coming up to be baptized. One is getting baptized to be saved, while the other is getting baptized because he or she is saved. Well, what's the difference in the two? Both of them are coming up to get baptized. The difference is this, that one that comes up to be baptized to be saved never gets saved. Why? Because that is not the way that you get saved. You get saved by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You see, it is the one that has the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, is the one that gets saved. Amen? You see, the baptism is only symbolic of the new person that you are in Christ. You see, you must have the revelation of who Jesus Christ is in order to be a Titus woman. Jesus Christ is your source for everything in your life. The second point I want to note here about a Titus woman is that she does not have an identity problem. She knows that her identity is with divinity. Whether young or old, she knows her place with God. As Paul writes this pastoral epistle to Titus, he tells him that in order for there to be order in the church, in your home, things must be done from top down. Again, we serve a God that does things in decency and in order. Notice here in verse 2 of chapter 2, Paul addresses the character or the behavior of the aged men first. Then he drops down in verse 3 and he talks about the character or the behavior of the aged women. And then he goes on to the young women and the young men. Now, the aged men, they are not being addressed first because they are superior to the aged women, but rather that there may be order and unity. You see, Paul is not writing this for it to be perceived as being a superiority type of competition, but rather that the church and the home operate in love, Peace, respect, and unity. Why? So that the name of God be not blasphemy. In order for the young women and men to learn and to exhibit godly behavior, they must see these type of behaviors or these characteristics being demonstrated in the aged men and in the aged women. Both groups must work together so that the word of God be not blasphemy. Now, we have God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. You see, Jesus Christ and God are one. However, in order for God's plan to be fulfilled, Jesus had to take on the role of becoming a man in order to redeem man. 
Jesus says here in John chapter 10, verse 30, he says, I and my father are one. He also says here in John chapter 7, verse 16 and 18, he says, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man would do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his father that sent him, the same is true and no unrighteousness is in him. You see, Jesus came down to do the will of God, to please God the Father. He did what God instructed him to do regardless of the persecutions he experienced while doing it. You see, Jesus stayed focused on his purpose. A Titus woman stays focused on her purpose because it is her will to please God and not man. If a Titus woman is pleasing God, it will be demonstrated how she treats her husband. She would do all that she can to please him as well. This is also true of the church. If the Titus woman is doing the will of God in the church, the church will flourish because she seeks to please God. Her desire is for his name to be glorified in all that she does. The third point I want to state here about a Titus woman is that she lives by example. In verse 3 here, the text says the aged woman is told to live in a way that honors and pleases God. They are not to be false accusers, not heavy drinkers, but they should teach others that which is good. Why is this so important? Paul is telling us here so that they may properly teach the young women how to live a godly life. How can the aged women teach the young women to be sober if they are not sober themselves? If the aged women come to church with liquor on their breath and gossiping about what happened during the week, and then they try to discipline the young women on their behavior, they are not going to listen to them. If the aged women disrespect their husbands, talk negative about their family members, what incentive does the young women have to love their husbands and to pray for their family members? They have no incentive at all. You see, God is not just interested in us just going to church, singing in the choir, and pulling out our Bibles every now and then. These are outward appearances. God looks at the heart, the inward man. He knows our thoughts and he knows the intent of our heart. Nothing is done that is hidden from him. He is not interested in our excuses when we know, people of God, that we are wrong. He looks for the repentant heart. The repentant soul is what God searches. You see, the Titus woman, she lives by example. She takes responsibility for her own faults. And when the Holy Spirit convicts her of sin, she quickly repents 
that she may be restored back in right relationship with God the Father. Amen. The fourth point I want to note about a Titus woman is that she does not forget where God has brought her from. <laughs> you see, the age women know that at one time that they were young, they knew that they used to live crazy and doing all kinds of things and not thinking about the consequences. In this text, God is instructing the aged women to teach the younger women and to have compassion on them. You see, sometimes, people of God, we have the tendency to forget that we weren't always saved. When we do this, we lose compassion for others that need it. This is why every now and then God puts us in situations that will remind us that we need to show love and compassion to others. A Titus woman knows that God is the potter and she is the clay. The fifth point I want to state here about a Titus woman is that she knows how to take a licking and keep on ticking. When hard times come, when the disappointments come, when loneliness come, when the temptations come, when life seems that it has no meaning, oh yes, the Titus woman, she knows how to pray. She knows that prayer is her secret weapon. She knows that prayer brings her to God, but when she prays him, that will bring God to her. She knows that when she is in a 10-round boxing match, and when she get down, knocked down for the first five rounds, she knows, oh, I got five more rounds coming. Amen? She knows that. So she's able to get up, to shake herself off, and say, ding, ding, let's get it on again. Amen? The tightest woman, she knows how to take a licking and keep on ticking during God's will in her life. Amen? The sixth point I want to tell you here about the Titus woman is that she is not afraid to stand alone, even when she is faced with death. You see, Esther, when she went before the king, her husband unsummoned, she knew that she could be killed. You see, she was willing to die to save her people. You see, a Titus woman, she stands strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Jesus tells her that anyone that will live godly shall suffer persecution. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, he says here, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give us at that, that day. And not to me only, but to, unto all them that love his appearance. A Titus woman seeks that which is right, even if sometimes, most of the times, she will have to fight. In conclusion, now that we know what a Titus woman is, let me tell you how to become one. 
How to become a Titus woman is by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. The more of you that you surrender, the more you will become the tightest woman that God created you to be. I know you're asking the question, what am I surrendering to? What am I surrendering? You're surrendering your will to his will. Your way to his way. Your desires to his desires. Your passion for his passion. Your life for eternal life. You see, God is not interested in us just becoming tightest women. But he also wants us to maintain, to have dominion, to maintain that status. He wants to expand our territory so that we can make an impact on the world and help other women in other churches, in our homes, in our communities to become tightest women as well. How I many of you are now willing to become a tightest woman? Now, I know a great many of you that I'm talking to right now. You're saying, Pastor, that's me. I am that tightest woman. God wants me to tell you today to continue to maintain that godless status that he's given you of being a tightest woman. For you are being that which God has created you to be. There is no greater title than that. It's not an easy title to have. But God didn't create you for that which is easy. He built you to last. He's given you endurance. He's given you the ability to persevere. He created you for greatness. Make that decision. To be that tightest woman. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I Lord, I'll 
go with you. I'll go with you. All the way. Titus women, wherever he leads you, follow. Follow him. God bless you.